Well, I, had, I literally had all these announcements, but now I'm not doing them because just did a great job. But uh, so I'm going to pray. We'll start off with prayer. Father, I just pray that you would help me preach this morning, oh God. Father, Lord, I pray, take my words, make them challenging, make them convicting, oh God. Father, they may be my words, but it's your power, oh Lord, that we seek, oh God. It's, it's your affirmation, oh God, that we ask would be on these words, oh Lord. Father, let it not just be the thoughts of Mark, but let it be, oh God, things that, that you can move into, Lord, to, to bring change, challenge, conviction, encouragement, strength, oh God, praise to you, oh Lord. Father, use this sermon, oh God, to, to do something in people's lives, I ask, in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Well, it's a privilege to preach this morning, and I'm actually going to do part two. Last week I spoke on do not fear, only believe. And so I just felt that there's just so much to, to kind of unpack that I would do part two. So this morning we're going to delve just a little bit deeper into this. You know, fear is a very real thing, and it grips a lot of people. Uh, fear is something that we will all go through and be challenged by at different times. Sometimes fear can actually help you, right? Sometimes fear and having a healthy fear is actually good for you. I remember going fishing uh, off the coast of Adelaide and uh, it was a really stinking hot day. So after fishing a bit, I decided, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go for a swim. So I jumped off the boat and I had a swim and I got all nice and cool and it was wonderful and relaxing. The very next day at the place where I had a swim, someone was chomped to death by a shark, right? It was at the Glenel Reef and I swam there and next day, the very next day. So now I have a healthy fear that says, don't jump off a boat in the middle of the place to go swimming where there are great white sharks, right? I think that's a healthy fear. And, and that fear is always going to keep me safe. And uh, I wished I'd had that fear, but as I see, I've got all my limbs. It's all cool. All right, so that fear helped me. Now it's a good fear. But as we saw last week, to be honest, mostly fear is negative. Mostly fear is something that stops us. It's, 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 it's not a good thing. Very much so, the, the devil's, one of his greatest weapons is fear. In his fight against us, it's fear that he uses so much the most to come against us because fear stops us. Fear stops us from doing something. Fear stops us from enjoying the benefit of something. Fear stops you. And that's what the Bible tells us. It says, in speaking of the fear of man, in Proverbs 29 verse 25, it says, the fear of man lays a snare. So what's happening is that you're just walking along, life's good, and then the fear of man comes upon you and there's a snare. You're now rooted to a place. You can't move forward. You're, you're snared, you're stopped. You are walking strongly, you're going forward, but now fear has come and you're snared. And that's what fear does. It stops you, it snares you, it gets you in its grasp. And it's a very powerful tool in the hand of the enemy. If you're going God's way, if you're doing God's will, all the enemy has to do is introduce a fear and all of a sudden you'll stop. There's a snare. Can I really trust God? Can I move forward? Can I go forward? 
And to be honest, it's not even sometimes a real thing. Sometimes it's the threat of something. Just the possibility that something bad is going to happen is enough to stop us in our traps. It ensnares us and traps us. Think David and Goliath, right? The, the fear that Goliath put in the soldiers' hearts paralyzed a whole army. So the enemy endeavors to intimidate us. Now look at our example. We just use our example. The fear of man is a snare. How does that snare us? What, what happens? What, what stops us? And it comes in the mind. It stops us moving forward. Why do we start to think, I'm not liked? That's what the fear of man is. I'm not liked. I'm not respected. I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. Other people have control over me more than I have control over my own life. They might not love me. They might not include me. They may overlook me. I'm not as good as they are. They're more talented than me. They talk about me behind my back. They're plotting something against me. There's nothing I can do. You see that? So the fear of man stops you going forward, but all and some of those thoughts come to us and we're snared. That's just the fear of man. What about the fear for our own safety? The fear of getting sick. I guarantee you in a room this size, there'll be people that are fearing that they're gonna die of cancer. There may be fear for your family. There may be fear regarding your finances, fear about your career, fear about your schooling and if you're gonna pass exams. And, and, and there are many, many fears. We saw the negatives and the chaos that ensued in the pandemic when our leaders, because of COVID, led us by fear. They made fear-based decisions. And as a society, we became ensnared and we couldn't move forward. They, they may claim that science was their rationale, but time has shown us that there wasn't a whole lot of science. It was fear, the fear of what if. And sometimes as a leader, that can be very real. What if? I've got to lead for the what if. But what if generally leads to fear-based decisions? You know, it's wise and it's smart to consider all possibilities, to look at all the options that are available to you. It's smart to consider negative scenarios. That's, that's smart. But if what if is the foundation of our decisions, many times it's going to be a wrong decision. The what if needs to be a guide, something we consider. It doesn't mean that it's the whole thing on why we don't do something. Now, there are hundreds of fears. Some are rational. For example, I don't like spiders. You see those big spiders? I don't like them, right? I just don't like them at all. They scare me. I feel like they move so fast with their eight legs they don't know which way they're going to go and you're just like, it's horrible. And I feel like in the middle of the night when I'm half asleep and my mouth's open, that they're going to come in my mouth and lay their eggs, right? Now, notice a, a normal fear went to irrational, right? I'm going to wake up one morning and a hundred spiders is going to come out my mouth, right? Now, have you noticed, by the way, that whenever you see a big spider, you haven't got shoes on? Has that happened to everyone else? Whenever I know, so like, oh my God, this, I haven't got shoes on and I'm certain, so I can't even, oh, it's terrible. And they got all those eyes, so they can see you all the time, wherever you're coming from, right? So some fears are crazy. 
But enough people have them, so they even give them names. So I've got some, right? If you have, I wonder if anyone's got this. Electorobophobia is the fear of chickens. People are scared of chickens. Well, there you go. All right? There's the fear, this fear is called onomatophobia. And that's the fear of names, right? So what you know, oh, don't, don't tell me a name. <laughs> I can't tell you a name. Like, imagine, I think it's reasonable if you're like a, a newsreader trying to commentate on a tennis kind of tournament with some of the names those people have, right? That, that's rational there. There's this like, Andrew, maybe you've met people like this, right? Pognophobia, it's the fear of beards, Right, Caleb, have you met anyone? Hopefully Ange doesn't have the fear of beards. All right, there's nephrophobia, which is the fear of clouds. Why would you fear clouds? You hate rain? I don't know. Cryophobia, fear of ice. Do you want ice? No, no, I don't want ice for that. Right, I don't want those things. Now we laugh at those. But for the person who's going through it, it's actually real. So we need to be careful to love someone out of their fear and not try to judge them out of their fear. So, so how do we deal with fear? How do we cope with our fears? As I spoke about last week, understanding and really believing that God loves you is the real and only way that you will truly overcome any fear that you have. 1 John 4 verse 18 there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. So notice that God doesn't just come and say, you're dumb, stupid, unbelieving, horrible person because you have that fear. That is not God's method in trying to get you to overcome your fears. He doesn't rebuke you, tell you how hopeless you are, how lack of faith you've got, what a horrible, unbelieving person you are. That's not God's method. No, he wants you to realize that his care, his protection, his oversight, his provision, and his power of his love provides for you, and that's what will make you overcome. He shows himself and says, I am greater and larger and bigger and have power over any fear that you have. So trying to kind of cajole someone or rebuke someone. That's just stupid. That's a stupid fear. It doesn't work. You need to show someone that there is something greater than the fear that they're fearing. Yeah. Telling me I'm an idiot for being afraid of spiders, reading me all the statistics of how minuscule the possibility is that a spider is going to be the death of me doesn't help me. Right? But maybe you can show me that you're bigger and better than that horrible spider and that you can get rid of it. I won't say how for those sensitive people in the room. Right? Right? I won't say how. You put a little thing and you take it outside. I always do that. Right? Um, <laughs> I think my pants just caught on fire. Right? But, uh, um, <laughs> oh. so. That's what happens. You overcome fear by seeing someone greater than that fear that you're actually fearing. So let's look at the scripture that I used today to demonstrate a little bit about that. Proverbs 29 verse 25 says, The fear of man lays a snare, 
But look at what the verse goes on to say. The fear of man lays a snare. There's fear. But whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. I've got my fear. I'm snared. But the fear of the Lord, I trust in the Lord. Now I'm safe. I'm no longer trapped. I'm no longer snared. That thing is no longer has any power over me because I trust in the Lord. We can't stop in the fear, we've got to take that next step into trusting in God. So the amount of fear you have, in one sense, and this is a tough statement, actually demonstrates the lack of understanding you have of God's love for you. That's a tough statement, but it's true. One of the main reasons fear is so powerful is its power to paint scenarios in your mind. It it paints a picture. It starts to tell you a story and the story gets progressively worse. This is gonna happen. I can't get out of this. I'm never gonna be happy. They're talking about me and a 100,000 other statements. You know, when Goliath first went out and shouted his intimidations against the armies of Israel, the Bible says that they were fearful. But then a little bit later he comes, they now say they're terrified and they run away. If you start to talk and listen and, and kind of play in your fears, they just get larger and larger. And that's why conquering fear is so important because if you don't take custody of your thoughts, you eventually become a prisoner to them and eventually you run away and you become completely isolated. And that's why running into God's love is the only way forward and the only real way to overcome. Now, all the world's ways, they can be effective to some extent. They can give you some techniques to make you stronger. But if the fear is something that you'll never be strong enough yourself to overcome, that willpower, positive thinking, positive self-talk isn't gonna be enough to overcome, then the only thing that'll help you overcome is the love of God. No technique will actually help you. It's only as you see God, who is above any fear, who can defeat any fear, that is possible to get rid of your fears. To overcome fear, you have to see something, someone greater than that fear and that fear dissipates. As I said last week, fear knocked on the door, faith answered, and no one was there. But I wanna use a story this morning from Isaiah to help us. And I, and I believe that I'm gonna put up, uh, that this will help you understand a little bit. I'm gonna put up a scripture on the screen in just a moment, and you'll notice next to the people's names, just in brackets in a little bit smaller writing, I've got the meaning of the person's name. And we're gonna look at the story today knowing the meaning of the people's names, which is, by the way, a good ad for just doing Bible study and not actually just kind of reading. And we're gonna have a look at this today and hopefully that'll help us when fear comes and tells us a story. So Isaiah Isaiah chapter seven, verse one. In the days of Ahaz has grasped, so his name means has grasped, right? The son of Jotham, God is perfect, son of Azar, God is my strength, king of Judah, Rezim, the king of Syria and Pekah, the son of Ramallah, the king of Israel, came up to Jerusalem to wage war against it, but could not yet mount an attack against it. 
When the house of David was told, Syria is in league with Ephraim, the heart of Ahaz and the heart of his people shook as trees of the forest shake before the wind. So this is the story. Ahaz, the king of Judah, has the king of Syria and the king of Israel come against him. And he's scared. The people are scared. The Bible says that the hearts of the people, the hearts of everyone there, they begin to shake. There's a fear, an intimidation that's happening. This is too much. This is too big. This is going to be terrible. These guys are going to come in and they're just going to kill us all. It's going to be horrible. So Ahaz, the king of Judah, is now in fear. It's a real fear. It's not a made-up one. It's not one, come on, you're better than that. It's, this is real. It's not just something he's dreamed up. Now, if you look closer at the meaning, it, it helps us read the story. So Ahaz is the son of Jotham and Uzziah. And their names mean God is perfect, God is my strength. So he's their son. He's the son of God is perfect, God is my strength. And Ahaz means has grasped. So what we can see is that Ahaz has grasped, has understood, holds on to the fact that God is perfect and that God is his strength. Ahab has grasped that. He's been given something to hold on to. This is something that can keep his balance. This is something as he's walking can, can give him some strength. He's grasped it. He's holding on to that. What God has done, and God has done that for us, by the way. God has given us his word. It's something that we can grasp onto. It's something that we can hold onto. And like a good solid stick on a hike. You know, if you've ever been on a hike, Right, you just get a stick and it just gives you something to hold on to, get you steady, just keeps you, takes some strength. That's what the Word of God is and Ahaz has this. He understands that God is perfect. He understands that, that God is his strength. So he's, he's got a good start. He's got a good start. But now Rezin and Pekah, they come after him. They want to take over Judah. A shout has gone forth. Uh, an intimidation has been heralded. A fear has been initiated. And when we look at the meaning of their names, we see that fear is real. It has some form. This, this fear isn't fake. It can't be just easily dismissed. Resin means firm. It means exalted. Pika means open. Ephraim means doubly fruitful, and that's what fear looks like. When it comes, it's, it's firm, it's exalted, it's fruitful, doubly fruitful. Have you noticed how it's much easier for a fear thought to take root than a faith thought? How easy it is to kind of go down and watch, oh, this could happen, this, this bad thing can happen rather than something of opportunity or something good can happen. See, we may have grasped that God is perfect, we may have grasped that God is our strength, but we are all going to go through something at some stage where there's this voice just crying out, this is not going to go well. Where fear makes our heart shake. Where fear opens the door. It says open. That's one of the meanings. The fear has opened the door. This door was shut. I wasn't thinking about that. 
Thought God is good, God's got all this, I'm, I'm fine. But now a door of fear has been opened. So let's continue in the story and see how Ahaz deals with this very real and tangible, firm, opened, doubly fruitful fear. Verse three, and the Lord said to Isaiah, go out and meet Ahaz. So Isaiah is the prophet of the day. Go out and meet Ahaz, you and she just shall be your son at the end of the conduit of the upper pool of the highway of the washes field. And say to him, be careful, be quiet, do not fear and do not let your heart be faint because of these two smoldering stumps of firebrands. I love the way that God describes people. You're a smoldering stump of a firebrand. Oh, okay, right? Like it's, it's, it, it may have some form, but it, how God sees it is very different. God's not seeing this thing as fearful. How God sees your fear is different how you see your fear. They see this fear as something that just can't be overcome. This thing is gonna overcome them. But to God, they're just some smoldering stumps. God understands that the fear is real. He knows it's not made up and he knows it's not easily overcome. So he sends Isaiah to give Ahaz a word an encouragement to keep holding on. An encouragement that God is perfect, that God is his strength. He gets that, and that's what a word of prophecy does. That's what happens when we go to God in our fear. We've already grasped it, that's why we go to God, but we grasp onto a word. That's why I speak to you again and again about having life words. So when something comes, you can go and grasp and hold on to it even tighter, knowing that God is your strength and knowing that God is perfect. Understand, God isn't just gonna say, well, get on with it yourself. Overcome this fear, go on, hurry up. But he gives you that encouragement. That's why you go to the Word. You've got a whole Bible that God can, can say, I can speak to you in here. I can speak to you in the Psalms. I can speak to you in Romans. I can speak to you in Genesis. I can speak to you in the story of Kings. I can speak to you in one of the Gospels. There's a whole place that God has given to us when we go through a fear because I'm gonna hold on to what God says to me. A word from God lets you know that you're being looked after and you've given a weapon then in which to fight your fear. It's like when you're on a long trip, you're not sure you've taken the right road and then all of a sudden you see the sign that tells you you are on the right road. That fear just dissipates. And what happens is that, yeah, you gotta go through it. You gotta face it. It doesn't just go away, but you know you're gonna get to the destination. The Scripture then tells us how to get a word. How do we hear from God? How do we allow the love of God to overcome the fear. How do we hold on to that? And it says, be careful. Be careful of who and what you listen to. Be careful of letting scenarios dictate your thinking. Careful to seek God for his opinion. Be careful. Be, make, make, take care. Do something. Right? Do something. It says, be quiet. Don't get busy and distracted in the what-ifs, in the certainty that something bad is going to happen. Put yourself in a quiet place, away from the noise and away from the fears. We did that last week. We took six minutes out of the, the service time and I just played some music and allowed you to quiet your spirit. Be quiet. 
going to everyone, asking everyone's opinion, telling everyone your story. Trust me, it doesn't work. Reading all this, looking at that, going to Dr. Google, don't, it doesn't help you. It just gives fear to, and a chance to just increase. You know, the other day I hurt my knee, right? I was playing squash and I hurt it quite bad, right? And I, I was really limping. I, read, I was certain I had an ACL. I, I was certain I'd done my ACL, right? Like, I was certain. I was like, I'm going to get on Morgan. Morgan will help me work out what I've done. And poor Morgan comes to church and she's wanting to worship God and his pastor Mark. Can you play with my knee? Right? Like, right? And she says, you're all right. Be a man. Right? So, <laughs> they said, do not fear. Just challenge your fears. We spoke about that last week, about, about challenging your fears, taking captive those thoughts especially in light of the love of God. Don't allow the fear of what could happen dominate the fact that God is in charge no matter what happens. See, it doesn't mean that it's all going to work out. But even in the midst of the trouble, God is still going to do something and God is still in charge. And it says, do not let your heart be faint. So don't give up. Don't give in. Don't allow the firmness, remember the word of fear, the firmness of the fear to overwhelm you. Don't allow yourself to get overwhelmed. And that's why I feel having that word from God, having those moments of being quiet, having those moments of actually taking kind of challenging custody of your thoughts, they're actually ways so you're not over going to be overwhelmed. Because you can sense that overwhelming. Maybe I'm the only one. I can sense it. It's starting to... It, it, this is getting too much mind in my mind. And I have to, you know, so often I'll read the words that God has given me. I'll, I'll go and listen to that music. I'll, I'll go and do something. And then all of a sudden it doesn't allow, it doesn't keep rising. It starts to detract. And sometimes you've got to do it again and again. Right? Sometimes you've got to, whoop, and then, whoop, whoop, you know? And then eventually what I find is that the overwhelmingness doesn't last as long and it's longer in uh, length between those times where it starts to overwhelm you. Let's look at what the scripture goes on to say in verse seven. It shall not stand, it shall not come to pass, for the head of Syria is Damascus and the head of Damascus is risen and within 65 years, oh, that's comforting, right? Ephraim will be shattered. <laughs> when I read that, it's 65 years, oh, well, okay. Ephraim will be shattered from being a people. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria. And ever Samaria is the son of Amalia. If you are not firm in your faith, you will not be firm at all. This fear situation isn't going to get you. This fear circumstance, this, this thing that is real, is actually not going to prosper it's not going to overcome you. You know, we all know the verse, Isaiah 54, verse 17, no weapon formed against you will prosper. So weapons will be formed, but they don't prosper. It may take some time. You maybe have to endure some things. This was 65 years. God doesn't just lift us out of the fearful situation. It'd be great if he did. 
But God is not Father Christmas. God is not your butler just there to do what it is that you ask him to do. God is so much more interested in the whole of your life of what your influence can be and your influence your hand in other people's lives. So this it's, it's not gonna just kind of get you out of it. He's not a genie. You rub it and you get three wishes, right? He's interested in discipling us and all of these things. All of these things. But God has got her. It's not going to be the death of you. God is over it. Even though something has been opened to fear in your heart, even though it seems firm, even though fear has exalted itself and seems fruitful, God is more powerful. He will overcome. There is nothing that or no one that can withstand Him. Just live in His love. You know, that's why the Bible says love is the greatest of all. It's where it all starts, right? Love, hope, and faith. I sit in love. Then I can hope that God is going to do something and help me. And eventually I move into faith. You can't have faith that God is definitely going to do something if you're not sitting in his love. And that's why we've got to sit. So what happens is I sit in God's love. I then walk in faith. And then I stand. That's how God would have us to be. That's the, that's the way I, I sit in his love. I walk in his hope. And I stand in his faith. I want the band to come. Look at the last line. If you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. Faith is the answer to fear. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith comes from God's Word. Faith doesn't come from my wisdom. Faith doesn't come from your mum's wisdom. Faith, there's things that help, but faith, which overcomes, faith comes from God's Word, hearing God's Word. And the thing is, it's not, uh, it, it, it's not just quoting it like a, a, a mantra. And I apologize for those of you who have heard this story before, but it just, it's a great story to illustrate this. When I was a young Christian, and remember, I, was, I got saved later in life, I was, I was doing it, and there was a pastor's daughter told me a story of a girl who felt the presence of the devil and she got scared. And then because she got scared and didn't have faith that the devil picked her up and threw her through a window. And she'd heard this story. And she was a pastor's daughter. I was new. I just, a pastor must know everything. Right? I've got two daughters. If they tell you that story, don't listen. (laughs) So she told me this story. And I literally just got freaked out. I just thought, oh my goodness, I, I haven't got enough faith if the devil appears to me as some, some of those pictures that I'd seen over the years, right? I, I'd freak out. I'm not going to have faith. I'm going to just be, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm just gonna, so, and so I go, he's going to do it. That's what he's going to do. He's going to come and I've got nothing I can do. And so I would start to just be scared and I'd sit there in bed and as soon as the light went off, 
this fear. I sensed the presence of the devil. I just don't know if it was making up, whatever it was. But, and I said, but God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, and a power of love and a sound mind. I was chanting this chant, hoping that some magic trick would happen and it would go away. Because there was no faith attached to it. I was just reading this verse. It seemed like a good verse. It seemed to be appropriate at the time. So I was 23 years old. And uh, I remember one night, it was a Saturday night, I was moving from my lounge room. I was watching something and I went to my bedroom. And I was too scared to turn the light off. I would sometimes come home and we had a shared driveway and I had to go to the back. I'd park out and I would run down the driveway thinking like a demon would jump off the building and scare me. Right? I just, it got so in my head, so in my head. And then one night, 23 years old, I'm too scared to go from my lounge room to my living room. Oh, sorry, to my bedroom. I'm like, what, what's going on? What, what, what is going on? Right? I'm, what, what's going on? I had to sleep with the light on in the lounge room. The next day I went to Pastor Danny, who's one of our speakers. Right? And uh, that's how long we've been friends. That's why as long as he's been such a mentor and why I'm so glad that he's here today or for our summer. Because he's just this man who's had so much in my life, so much mentoring in my life, just a great man of God. And he, he prayed for me, did what a pastor can do, da-da-da-da-da. The next Tuesday morning, I'm reading my Word, just as I did as a custom. I still have that custom, right? And I'm just reading my Word, and I just happened to be in Psalm 21. I wasn't looking, right? I just happened to be. And I read this verse, and it says this, You shall not be afraid of the terror that comes by night. There's nothing more descriptive of what I was going through. And something leapt in my spirit. All of a sudden, I, I got this word. All of a sudden, something happened right in here, not in here. I agreed with, you know, for God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but allow love and a sound mind. I agreed with that. I believed it. But in my spirit, something happened. Faith stirred in my heart. I want to tell you that night, I went to bed. I was ready for this presence to come and me to be fearful and do all that. And I said, I'll not be afraid of the Spirit that comes by night. And literally, in a moment, it just left me. It was gone. It was done. It was over. And every now and again, the enemy will try and come and intimidate me. And I'll go, I'll not be afraid of the terror that comes by night. See what the faith will do? See what happens when you, you get a word from God, why you got to seek it, why you got to do it. That's, I mean, like, that's pretty full-on story for a 23-year-old to have to sleep with a light on because he's scared, right? That's not how God wants us to live. That's not the abundant life. That's the enemy having his way. So we have to have faith in God's Word, faith in God's love, faith in God's plan. You know, we've called our summit this year Build. Because God's building something out of your life. He has a plan for your life. You're not just kind of an afterthought. You're not just kind of, yeah, you're just. No, God has a personal plan for you. Have faith in that. Faith in God's goodness. Understand that God is good. You know, if, if, if I'm known for one thing, if, if at the end of my whole life, if my life has been able to show people that God is good, I feel like, 
I've done something with my life. That's what I want. That's what I, if you have, I, I won't have a gravestone, but if I did, right, God is good because He is. And when we understand that, God's not great. God can do great things. He is great, but it's not about Him being great. It's about who He is. You know, the God is great. Man, lots of people are great. They do great things. But God is good. God is good. God is good. Faith in God's power. God is going to get you through. Faith in God's purpose, that there is a reason that you're doing this. And it may be a hard reason. You may not agree with the reason, but God knows where He's sending you. God knows what He's doing in your life. Faith that even if the worst happens, God's still got this. You know, you can't live without fear. That's the, the reality is, is that like we all got different fears. But you can't live if you're not willing to live by faith. If you're not willing to do it. And we're called to live by faith, not by sight. So faith is very important. Right, so, so what happens when I'm stuck, I can either stay stuck or I can walk in faith. That's, that's the choice. But there is a way out of every fear that you have by choosing the pain of faith, which is why I lament really for those who aren't Christians. If you're not a Christian, what do you do when life comes? Right? See, Christianity isn't about getting you to live this kind of life where you're sitting on a cloud with angel wings and it's all everything's nice. I can guarantee you right now, there are people right in this building today going through horrible things, tough things, difficult things. If God doesn't take you back, but God's with you. God's with you. He's your Emmanuel. He is with you in this and He's going to walk you through. Have faith in God and stand in His Word for your life. But if you're not a Christian, what do you do? What do you got? You just got yourself. Hope I can get out of it. Hope I can use this technique. Hope I can do that. But there's no possibility because you're not looking to someone who's greater than the fear that you have. Only when you look at the fear that's greater than you have. And so I lived a life until I was 20 years old of my own making, full of all sorts of fears. A lot of it drug-induced and all these different things. But what happens is that then I met Jesus. That peace of God came in my heart. Now I go through things, life happens, there's worries and there's troubles and there's issues and there's different things. But I know that God has got this. You know, there are times, and, and this is, once again, this is me. Might not help anyone else, but I, this is what I do. There's sometimes I lie in bed, and it's funny how it comes in the night. You know, often, when you're just lying in bed, and you're just sitting there, and, and it comes, and these worries, and these scenarios, something that started like this is now like this. And I just sit there, and I go, God, this is not going to be the death of me. Might be a upset, might be a thing, it might be some problem. It's not, it's, this is not going to get me. This is not going to be get me. Because that's what happens. We always read it as being the ultimate thing that's just going to take us out. I go, God, and it works. For me, it works. Because I've seen God. I, I've been able to discipline my mind, put those barriers around their mind. And this morning, you may not be a Christian here. And I want to talk to you about that. Give your life to Christ. He loves you. He cares for you. He desires a relationship with you. 
When I came to Christ, that's what happened in my life. I, I, I came into relationship with God. It's, it's real. God's not just out there. I didn't, at that time, I didn't believe there was a God. But, but like, He's not just out there kind of looking at, He wants to be acquainted with you. So if you're in this place today, if you're not a Christian, you want to give your life to Christ, can you just raise your hand? I'd love to pray with you. As I just look over, is there anyone at all? Just raise your hand. Amen. All right, I want you now just to close your eyes. I want to pray this morning for people who are facing something fearful. You have a voice that's shouting over your life. You need a word from God. And you're finding it difficult to be careful and you're finding it difficult to be quiet. God wants to speak. God wants to do something. I want to pray for you today. If that's you this morning, I want you just to raise your hand. Amen. 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 You keep, you keep raising your hand. Those, you got a fear right now. You raise your hand. Many people have raised their hands. There's something just shouting at your life right now. You can put your hands down. Father, I thank you, Lord, for these men and women, oh God, Father, who have, have kind of just said, God, I, I need to hear something from you. I, I, I've got this fear that's shouting on me. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, in this moment of quietness, they would just sense, oh God, your hug, your concern, your heart for them. Let them sense the love of God. Let them sense that you're in charge, that you're in control, that you are greater than anything they fear. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that anxiety would go. I rebuke a lack of peace. I rebuke that sense that something else rules other than God. I rebuke that thought. I rebuke the thought where people have got to feel that a sickness is going to be the death of them. I rebuke that thought. I, I take authority over that right now. Father, that, that sense of doom over a child, I rebuke that thought right now. That sense that, that finance is never going to be right now. That finance, I, I rebuke that thought right now. I take authority over those thoughts. Let the love of God fill. Let the love of God touch. Let the love of God encourage. Let the love of God strengthen. If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? Holy Ghost. Jesus' name.
banish all fears. Banish all fears. Banish from where to where they've come from, from the pit of hell. Let a shield of faith come to overcome every fiery dart of the devil, oh God. Father, we speak that right now. The shield of faith, let's raise it, oh God. The words that you've given us. Father, this week, as people spend time in devotion, oh God, just before you, oh Lord, let it be that your spirit, oh God, Father, light something up in your word. Faith comes by hearing. Let them hear the Word of God that's going to bring faith. That's going to bring victory. That's going to bring power. That's going to bring change. That's going to bring hope. Oh, Father, I speak against hopelessness right now. Every circumstance where it seems hopeless, there's no way out. I rebuke that right now. I take authority over that right now. Father, have your way. Let the love of God, let the love of God, Father, touch in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.